Hello and welcome to the Fight Back Podcast. I'm Georgia Very. I'm an exercise scientist, kickboxer, and the founder of the Fight Back Project, a trauma-informed kickboxing program for women. This is a podcast where women lift up women. We're here to talk about mental health and martial arts and how they relate to each other. So ladies out there who have never tried martial arts but have always kind of wanted to, I really hope that by listening to stories of other women who have been through dark places with their mental health and come out the other side through training, you get inspired to give to give training a crack. You know, and for the women out there who are already training, I mean, you already know how much of an amazing impact that training has had on your life. So I'm hoping that when you hear other stories and that when I share with you some of the science around how much of an impact that combat sports have on our mental health, that you'll get inspired to reach out to a woman in need and get her into training so that we can all really raise each other up and get into a better headspace together because holy shit, the world needs people with better mental health right now. We're going through a lot. Ladies, sometimes you're going to get experts on this show. So sometimes I'm going to interview people who are running trauma-informed combat sports or psychologists or anyone who can give us some more insight about this connection between exercise, combat sports, and our brain. And sometimes, like today, you're going to hear from amazing women who have gone through all kinds of different mental health struggles but have done so by using martial arts. And so today I'm going to be sitting down with my good friend Jasmine. She is a doctor based here in Melbourne, so frontline fighting COVID. And she's been training in karate her whole life and now does kickboxing. And we just dig into how having that as a support network has helped her through a few different traumatic events throughout her life and just overall throughout her life in maintaining her mental health. It's a nice short episode, um, but I really think that you'll get a lot out of listening to what Jazz has to say. Jazz, welcome to the Fight Back podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to tell everybody your story. Uh, I'll let you kick us off. Can you please introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, so my name's Jasmine. Um, I'm from the UK, but I now live in Melbourne. I'm 30 years old and I work as an emergency doctor here in Melbourne. Um, Martial arts-wise, I've been involved in... I started off with Shotokan Karate when I was five um, and I did that predominantly up until I was 18 and then I went to uni, um, moved away from home and my club and then re-picked up the Shotokan Karate and then switched over to Muay Thai and since then I've pretty much stuck with that. Um, when I go back to the UK I do train in my um, Shotokan karate but at the moment it's I'm sticking with the Muay Thai. And why did you originally start Shotokan? Um so the truth is is my like at the age of five I don't think you're able to really make many decisions for yourself (laughs) so uh my dad um kind of made me go uh so me and my siblings he um I think he wanted us to go for self-defense and for discipline. Um, And 
you know, it was to the point of we really didn't want to go. Um, but he used to pay us to behave and go <laughs> to karate. <laughs> um, but, that, you know, that was when we were like five, when we were children and couldn't really make decisions for ourselves. And kind of we all carried it on. I actually switched actually for a bit and did judo, jiu-jitsu um, as well. And then um, went back to Shotokan. But uh, my dad did martial arts too. So he did Wing Chun. And he'd always just be doing that around the house with us. Um, so that's why I originally started. And then I guess um, my siblings didn't really carry it on um, for too long. And I was the only one that really continued it. And then when I went away to uni, stopped for a bit and then kind of picked it back up. Why did you pick it back up? What drew you? What kept drawing you back to it? Uh, so it was, it was kind of like I stopped it because I'd moved city and kind of moved away from my old club. And I think when you grow up doing martial arts, your club is your family and it's kind of like a little family. And then to find that again is really difficult. Um, but then what I realized was that I wasn't myself without my martial arts. So yeah, I was at uni and studying and and whatever but something was just missing and I think you know you don't have to start it when you're so young but when you do it just becomes part of who you are and your way of life and you don't realize that that until you're not you're not doing it anymore and when you moved to Australia did you seek out training straight away or yeah so I think my biggest lesson was when I went to uni and I stopped training because that was the first time in like 15 years that I hadn't trained and I just wasn't myself so um I learned from that that this is something that I always need to do so when I knew I was moving over to Australia I googled places and and asked my club um back home to help me find out which kind of clubs would be most appropriate for me um, so I did that and then kind of just dropped into um, one of the places and uh, started training and then met a great group of girls and guys and carried on until kind of COVID. Until COVID, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's talk about, you've been through a couple of pretty traumatic experiences while you had martial arts in your life, um, you know. Yeah your two traumatic ones and then maybe even we could talk about medical school let's talk about the events first so you had a gun pulled on you when you were 15 correct yeah I think I was 15 or 15 going on 16 um and uh it was kind of like the last day of school and we were all kind of getting together you know me and my mates um and just at the football pitches and then there was kind of like a load of guys that came and just started beating up people and um, one of my friends uh who was diabetic he got I think he got hit with like a plank of wood or something and then was knocked out on the ground and like I wanted to help him to see if he was okay and then I went to help him and this guy pulled a gun on me and I kind of just he, he pulled a gun on me and said uh what is something like like don't like don't do it and um and I kind of just froze and saw that and then um I think he he was more freaked out than I was and he he ran off um and I think I still carried on helping my friend because I think I was 
down there trying to help my friend and then this happened at the same time um and then kind of I think the police were called and these guys all ran off whatever and um my karate instructor at the time was in Jamaica at a competition and I called him straight away for like advice on what to do um and uh you know he was like the, the clubs were still open he was just like just go to the club just go to the club and then so there was that experience and um you know I was fine like it it kind of didn't phase me as much as one would expect but I think prior to that or just after that I think uh what happened was there were a group of guys who um like there's this one guy who was stalking me um and uh I told my uh karate instructor about it as well and um one of the days this guy uh stalked me to my place of training and we could see him at the door and kind of like my instructor and some of the guys went out and then um this guy you know never bothered me again but that was like another experience leading on from that gun incident and I think you know throughout all of that time like those things were really scary I think the stalker thing scared me more than the gun thing um but throughout that the only way that I kept my head focused because I think you know I was in going to college then and studying for exams to get into medical school and whatever and the only way I just kept on the right path was by that consistency of training every day that same the same principles of training the focusing the discipline um and the fighting in itself as well just helped me stay focused so did you develop any kind of PTSD symptoms or did any of the trauma from those events come up in training for you? Um, I think um, more so, um, yeah, maybe they did and I didn't really realise it, kind of like flashbacks sometimes and a little bit of anxiety and, um, you know, worry and stress. And I think, you know, they were there, but I just channeled them all through my martial arts and they just went away. So they, they did, you know, they didn't go away kind of just like that. But when I had them and I was doing my martial arts, they weren't there anymore. So, you know, I would have them, but if I was engaging in kind of kicking or punching or cutters um, or sparring or focusing, you know, even stamina through my fighting training, um, those kind of anxieties would be there. And then I would leave the session feeling a lot more empowered and um, a lot more confident and happy. And if it would come back, you know, the next time and I'd feel um, those same kind of things, my training would always help me get rid of those feelings. So they would never be consistent. It would never persist because I'd have that outlet and I'd know that I could just train some more if I needed to. Yeah, from a... From a trauma-informed perspective and from like a somatic experiencing perspective for psychology, what we're now looking at helping people to act out what their body wanted to do. So maybe your body wanted to fight back against the stalker. Your body might have wanted to fight back against the gun but obviously knew that it would be unwise to try and fight a gun with your bare hands and so then inadvertently you know, you might be able to say that you were like almost acting out that fight or flight response over and over until your body had actually processed it, which is kind of what modern psychology is 
recommending now? Yeah, probably. Um, at the time, so that was, what, 15 years ago? Um, I don't think there would have been as much known about these kind of things back then, but it worked um, for me. And, you know, that's how I know that there must have been some sort of science towards it. And were you training throughout medical school? Yeah. So I was training throughout medical school, um, um, not as frequently as I would have liked to, but I was. And then, you know, back home, um, like where I was from back in the UK, I was also teaching. So teaching also helped me. So teaching kids and teaching adults and we did a women's class and we did like a class for vulnerable women as well. And that being able to help other people was kind of really beneficial for, for me as well to help me be okay. What sort of things were you teaching in the, the class for vulnerable women? Um, it, it was never really anything um, specific. Like when we say the term vulnerable women, we didn't, no one was treated any differently. Um, it was just kind of making sure that they knew it was a safe environment and we do exactly the same things. So it would be exactly the same kind of um, warm-ups, cool-downs, drills, um, but it would just be in that safe environment where if people felt self-conscious or not confident, um, we just made it like a completely open and everybody could just say how they felt and no one needed to feel inadequate and we were all just really supportive of each other and I think that really helped. Yeah, it's not something that you get to experience in most martial arts classes. It, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, now you're so busy, like pre-COVID even, you were super busy. How do you fit in training around that? Mm, so it's, it's difficult. Um, I think before I came out here, I had a really good setup. Um, the, the gym that I trained at wasn't very far from my house. Um, and, uh, I could just go whenever. So you make a lot of friends really easily and then you can just hook up training sessions with your friends and do pads together if you can't get into a specific class. But most of the times classes were like, you know, all throughout the day at different times, really accessible for different people. Um, so not only am I kind of working, but I'm also studying for more exams and um you know that really does limit my time but I've learned that if I don't keep up my martial arts um if I don't keep up my martial arts then I'm not okay and it helps me with my work it helps me with my study it helps me keep an open mind it helps me just feel physically better as well yeah so elaborate on that overall what impact does martial arts have on your mental health? You only, I think you only realize it when you don't do it. So when you don't do it and you're, you just feel rubbish and you can't think straight, your, your mind is clouded. Even though doing my martial arts is an extra thing to my day and takes time away from other things, it makes me more productive. Like, I work in the emergency department and it makes me feel safe to know that I'm, I'm in control of myself and I can protect myself and um, I'm okay. And so whatever does come through, through those emergency doors, 
you know, my safety is not something that I'm concerned about because I know that I'm able to protect myself to some degree. Um, so it just makes me feel like confident and I don't have to worry about certain things. And then from kind of like a, a studying perspective and, you know, dealing with the things that we deal with at work, it just helps me keep my mind clear. And it gives you the ability to, I think it fits well with emergency medicine. It gives you the ability to kind of switch really quickly, um, to react really quickly to certain situations because through martial arts, you're always learning to react and change and kind of block or defend and then attack. And I can kind of apply the same principles to my work. Not that I'm attacking people, but kind of reacting to Mm. somebody deteriorating Um, and then, you know, families breaking bad news and those kind of things and just kind of altering how I am based on my environment. And, you know, I've learned that over what the 25 years that I've been doing martial arts. And what advice would you give other women that are interested in starting martial arts? So, um, a lot of people that I've met, they're like, oh, you know, you're really good. You've been doing this since you were little. Um, and then they think that, you know, starting late is a barrier and it's definitely not because a lot of people I've trained with have started when, you know, at all ages of life, um, you know, 60, um, from five years old to 60 years old. Um, and it just gives you something that you don't know that you have, you didn't have. Um, and there's no harm in trying something. If you try something and it's not for you, that's okay. But if you don't try it, you'll never know. Yeah, definitely. And while we're here too, I wanted you to share with people some of the research you've been publishing on doctors' mental health. So, I mean, on this podcast, we talk about everything to do with mental health and combat sports. But if we zoom in on a pocket of the population whose mental health I think is very critical and also often forgotten about, can you talk us through how are doctors going through covid what's been difficult for you guys and what kind of things are being put in place to try and look after you now? So um, I think, so the thing that I published was kind of a a health and wellbeing plan for the emergency department staff. I am working at the moment with some colleagues looking into um, the, the mental health of healthcare workers. So that's in the pipeline at the moment. But what I would say is that we are, Um, you know, caring for these patients at the moment. Some of my colleagues have been patients. Some of them have had COVID. A lot of us have had to isolate because we've been close contacts of COVID patients. And it really is scary. It's scary for everybody. It's scary thinking about our colleagues getting sick, knowing our colleagues that are sick. Um, And then the fact that we could get sick And it's just the whole unknown. It's really unnerving. But at the same time, kind of, you know, for me anyway, I can't speak for everybody else, but, you know, the head that I've got on me from, you know, my martial arts and everything else that I've been through is just, you know, this is the job that I was trained to do. And and this is what I'm going to do. I, you know, I'm going to protect myself with all the PPE um, and then just focus and get on with things. And, you know, we're all working really hard together and supporting each other. And it's kind of like the emergency department is, you know, our new family. And with lockdown, 
and not being able to use our usual um, avenues of support. We are just doing everything we can to support each other and just hoping that, you know, the public do adhere to the lockdown measures so that we can um, stop this from spreading. Yeah, I think that last bit is just so important and I'm sure there's no one listening to this podcast who is one of those reckless people. But, yeah, just on behalf of everyone, like, we're just... I think a lot of people are very grateful for the work that you guys are doing, being on the front line, you know, going through that scary situation every single day. Like, of course, it's what you've been trained to do and it's your job, but that still doesn't make it something that, like, you automatically have to do. It's still it's still a really tough thing. So I think everyone really appreciates it. And I want to wrap up by asking you, is there anything you want to share with women listening? If you had a platform to speak to women around the world? Um, I would just say that all of us, um, you know, we are all great. Um, Whether you think you are or you're not, you are great. And you are the only person that can use your potential. So there's no one else out there that can use the potential that you have got within you. The only person that can do that is you. Um, So I would say you have no idea what you're capable of. You just need to try um, and you'll be able to do things that you never even thought that you could. Perfect. All right, love. We'll leave it there. So a nice short episode for everyone, but I think that your story is a really great illustration of, you know, another example of what it might look like is being a woman who's had martial arts kind of have her back throughout, you know, all sorts of things in your, in your life. Yeah, it really has. I honestly wouldn't be where I am today without it. And that is a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Now, can I ask you something? Would you like more women to be empowered and Do you think that women should be empowering women? If so, could you do me a favor? Could you give this podcast a five-star review? Podcasts that have a lot of reviews come up in people's feeds. So someone that's kind of curious about this topic might end up finding out about this podcast because you've left a review and then they might end up starting a combat sport and really changing their life. So you want to be a life changer? You please leave me a review. If you want to chat to me about anything, hit me up anytime. I'm on Instagram at at fightbackproject and I'm on Facebook at you can search The Fightback Project. Let me know if you've got any questions. If you've got any recommendations for someone you think that I should interview on the show, please hit me up. I would love to chat to them and I'll see you next week.